0: Hello,
1: and welcome to another episode of the British and Irish Eagles podcast. I am Liam, your host. I'm joined, of course, as always, by Mick, the beard, Shagger, McGivern, and Phil, the unemployed, Mount Stevens. I'm joking, Phil. Um, <laughs> soon to be employed again in a new venture in your life. Hey, guys, what a draft we've had. We've taken a few days to digest everything that's happened. Waited to see what kind of free agents, un- undrafted free agents we were going to sign. There's extra players who are, are being invited to the camp. Lots has gone on. Lots to digest. And I think we're now ready to, to talk about it and discuss our levels of excitement, our enthusiasm, Super Bowl favourites. I mean, sorry, um, how well we feel <laughs> about the, the, the draft that's just gone by. And Nick, um, I'm hearing you laughing here, so bring you in first. How are you, sir? Are you doing well?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, Liam. Um, what, 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 a, what a draft, what a weekend that we've just had. I know we're, we're going to go through it pick by pick, but my God, just such a good feeling just now.
1: It is. I mean all those years previously. Not not recently, to be fair, Phil, of where Howie has um maybe not drafted the players we want. We'll get into that in a second, but before I, I go any further, how are you? <laughs> Interviewed you today. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's first, exciting. First first ever, ever job interview. So that was good of a Good experience. Good to get on the the bandwagon. Hopefully I'm success I'm successful, but it's definitely not the only one I'm applying for, so I'm sure I'll get Many, many more, but um guys, we, we we signed a quarterback. How excited is that?
1: <laughs> quarterback factory? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any there's any danger that and we certainly won't be speaking too much about Tanner on this podcast. Uh all right folks, just so you're aware of the agenda today. Um it's going we're gonna try and keep to a, a strict timeline today because I've got um I've got some plans that I need to, to, to get going on, but we are gonna look at the draft picks that the Eagles have made. Um, in rounds one, they made two picks, they made two picks in round three, a uh, pick in round four, pick in round six, i pick in round seven. And there was also a trade, which I'm sure by now you know what that trade is. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty of that and what it looks like for the season. We'll touch on some of the undrafted free agents, but not too much in detail. And um, then, of course, we will um, grade. I think it's fair. Should we grade, grade our the draft by Howie? and see how close it is to some of the drafts that we did um, before before the draft. We might we might save that from a podcast. But anyway, folks, before we go any further, Howie Tradesman, I think I read somewhere that Howie Rose, the Eagles only used one of their own draft picks in this draft class, which is absolutely incredible. And before we go any further, let's talk about the main guy, the guy that we were talking about on this podcast, the guy that Tony Brewerton said would fall outside of the first 10 picks in the NFL Draft 2023 this season. Oh, well, thank the, you. He does a cheesesteak. we we'll got to do that. The, he <laughs> does always a Tony, if you're listening in, uh, I'll have mine with... Uh, I'll, I'll have to think about that, actually. Maybe some sides of that, too. Um, <laughs> no, um, we, everyone's been talking about it. The media's been talking about him. We've been talking about him. He's been in the media for good reasons and bad reasons. Obviously, he had the, the, the impending investigation around the crash he was involved in. He fell down the draft boards. People are saying he was the best player in the draft. People are still saying he's the most talented player in the draft. I am, of course, talking about the Georgia Bulldog. That is Jalen Carter joining the Jordan joining the Georgia ranks in the Eagles at pick nine. Howie Rosen said he could not believe he would pick him up pick nine. It's fair to say they tried to trade into the fifth or sixth overall pick to get him. I think if you following us on Twitter. We made a tweet out on the night saying that how he was looking to trade up into that position to get him. He didn't need to. He fell and we got him at nine. Mick, is that the best draft pickup the Eagles have made in the in the last few years? Even better than Devontae maybe?
2: Oh well I mean the guy Let's be fair. The, the excitement's there, of course, it is. I mean, I was one of the biggest advocates for drafting Jalen Carter. Um a lot of people had doubts about, you know, the character and all and, and all that is fair. Um but I couldn't overlook just the, the sheer um physical, aggressive way he plays the game of football and how dominant he is in the line and you know, such a prestigious um Position on the field as well. It's, a, it's, just, it's just such a great pick, and you know I'm 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 going to keep an eye on Kirby Smart's recruiting process um, from now on from Georgia because, and to see who's coming <laughs> to the Eagles in the next three, four, five years time. <laughs> like that. Like that. It's five, right? Five. Yeah, yeah, but um, unbelievable. Um, if if you had mocked this exact draft and then. Sent it in for the last mock standing. I think, um, I think uh, Gail would have chucked that one out for being bullshit as well. He'd be like, "No one Smith as well as uh, Jalen Carr as well as Kaylee Ringo." No, what, what universe are you living in? Um, and <laughs> that's what's right in front of us just now, and it's unbelievable. As honestly, it's just a loss for words. During, during draft day, I just, I, I did not see this happening, and. Uh, I couldn't really be happy that it did.
1: Am I right in saying that I did mock uh, Nolan Smith at 30 to the birds in my mock draft? I'll need to go back and check. And
2: that. one of them you, you may have done, you may have done. Yeah, pretty I sure think I pa- Paris Johnson was definitely one of them, and I think he, he went was. fourth or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I was all in for Paris Johnson, and you were all in for, for Jen Carter, Mick. It's fair to say that uh, he was the guy you wanted us to go and get if we could get him that early. Yeah, like I okay. said,
2: he was wildly, you know, he was considered the, the number one prospect coming in coming into the draft. Um, you know, you, you, we've given the reasons why he slept, but he's an AP All-American first-team sort of player. Like I said, he played 13 games uh, for Georgia last year, starting nine. He had 32 tackles, 31 quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles, three pass breakups. Yeah, crazy. You can't argue with the numbers, and um, he's just fabulous. Can't wait I mean, to see him it's... in Midnight Green.
1: His PFF grades for 2022 are on the pass rush 89.1, run defense 91.2, overall grade 92.3. I mean that is a generational defensive tackle. If every you can see all the stats on the field, Phil, me and you had our had our reservations a little bit about Jalen Carter and his character, and um, we weren't saying that we definitely didn't want to see him at the Eagles, but we have had our reservations still over the moon that we selected him, given where we selected him at.
0: Yeah, I think part of that does have to do with the fact that Bijan went the pick before we ended up... Um,
1: Your guy! Him. Yeah, <laughs> but I,
0: I mean, like I said, I, I, we were guests on another podcast and for an initial reaction, and it was the same situation then. I, I think deep down in our heart of hearts, um, no one really thought Bijan was coming. It would, it would have taken a, a, a special situation for it to be him to be the best player available. Jalen Carr would have had to have gone long ago. And Bijan would have had to have been there. And I think neither one of those um, options was, was likely to happen in the end once Seattle decided not to take him. Um, so, yeah, and, and there's no question, like, the guy's ability and everyone, like, he was confident he wasn't going to go outside the top 10. Um, and rightly aside, That It was very, very, very bold statement. But I guess he knew he had assurances from the Eagles that if he wouldn't make it that far, if he was there, how he was going to take him. But he probably wasn't going to get that far. But he did. So it's it's one of those situations where, when you look back on it, you're like, oh my god, like that is brilliant. And then he is has mixed sort of listed off all the stats. He is an exceptional talent. He is the best player of the draft yeah. if everything goes right. And and it's not I don't think it will go right. But it's a pretty heavy um, but to go on the end of the argument of why he's such, why it's such a good pick. I mean, I trust. Howie, I trust the fact that they've done their due diligence, and that the fact that the, the rest of his teammates are all in the team as well will, will will only encourage that situation. No other team has that amount of has has his teammates in it. So if he were to go somewhere like Seattle, and maybe that's the reason why he, they didn't take him is because they just didn't have the right environment to maybe maybe bring him in, nurture him, and 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 ensure that those bad traits that we're all a little bit worried about. Because I don't think you can say that anybody. Out there isn't worried about it it's just about that level of worry and how much you think that's going to impact and how confident you are this is going to be different if someone says to you um oh yeah it's fine it'll be fine it's like well what's that based on because usually it's just the amount that you can push that worry down deep inside and just go i'm just going to worry about the talent. I hope that only thing that shows through but unfortunately it's a big thing and he's not you know he's not committed a massive felony it's just a guilty of being, a, being an idiot, like we've said before in other pods. And I think I've been guilty of being an idiot. We all have. <laughs> I am an of idiot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but unfortunately, to all, all joking aside, our, our, hopefully our idiot idiot um, haven't, hasn't resulted in a fatality. I know it wasn't him, but it can't be. Sometimes we are guilty of sports watching the, the Deshaun Watson situation is a clear example of that. And I know this is not that, but this is a clear example of how you can kind of essentially just forget about something that you shouldn't really forget about or you wouldn't forget about if it was your work colleague you, you you take it so I I can't say I'm not a little bit concerned but I still would have taken them all day long every time because I think you on balance of on the balance of things you take the hit and you just think you can't pass them because you're worried um I'm sure it will all work out for the better reality yeah,
1: i know no no it doesn't i, I know where you're coming from and that's just you commenting on the takes me and you both had before and and i think it's remiss of, of any eagles podcast not to nod and um show that we understand that you know what he was involved in is a very serious thing two people died in this car crash um and he is part of an ongoing investigation. We know he wasn't the person who caused it. We've been told he's not the person who's caused it, but it's a serious incident and it's something that should. And Harry Roseman has made point to mention in a number of press conferences, said that it's they're aware of that and they understand that and they're going to help. Jalen become a better human as well as a better person to make better decisions in his life. And I have confident confidence that the Eagles, I think we said it on the previous podcast, the Eagles were the best destination for Jalen Carter, the person, as much as they were the best destination for Jalen Carter the player. And I can't remember his name now, but trying to Google it. But the Eagles um scouting department, there's a specific guy there that um analyzes all the character of the players they pick and the fit for the organization. And it's been said around the league, he's one of the best, if not the best, at the league at doing that. And if he's and if he's going to apologies, I can't remember his name now. I'll try and remember it. Uh, if he's given this guy the, the the go ahead and the tick and the nod, then then that's enough for me. And and uh, Howie and Siriani knowing the culture they want to build, if they've given him the the nod, then that's then that's enough for me. And I'm excited for Jalen Carter the person as well as uh, Jalen Carter the player. And God, having his bulldogs around him, uh, how much that's going to make him. Feel comfortable coming into the league, transition into the league. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. If you're playing against the Eagles this season and you are faced with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter at defensive tackle, defensive tackle, it's probably no point in even employing a running back, right? Just, just don't, don't put a running back in your offense. Because, <laughs> and if you're and if you're going to put them in your offense, they better be designed runs to the outside because. Ain't nobody gonna get any yards on those defensive tackles in the midfield. Yes, they'll have to and, yeah, um no rotate. one's supposed to get
2: you on the, outside. <laughs> it
1: was Smith and Redick on the outside. Switching with Brandon Graham and um Josh Are you kidding me? Um how go on, go on, Phil. No,
0: i said like I said, on the balance of probabilities and the balance of things, you've got to take a chance on him. It. it would just be incredibly disappointing if in after all this high of yes, we've got Jalen Carr, but it did end up being being an issue but i'm sure like i trust ultimately i trust the organization i trust that Howie's on a role and that he wouldn't make this kind of move if he wasn't a hundred percent sure yeah. of the situation or a hundred percent comfortable with it and i trust them ultimately so i think we can yeah. probably move on from it now but yeah yeah I no you're right it, i think
1: we're in agreement um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off short there no I, mm-hmm. I i think we're completely in agreement i mean just just by moving on because we are trying to be a little bit better at time on this podcast um yes. One person you don't need to worry about in terms of character and has been given like top of the range marks across the board is another Georgia Bulldog, Mick. You must've been jumping around the house for joy when, when this, when this pick came in, I know me and you are still awake uh, watching and watching it this, watching it this time. I think we both um, left a, a live chat we were in because we didn't want any spoilers at the time. And the the fourth Georgia Bulldog at this point in time of the of the draft joined Nolan Smith, defensive end out of Georgia, high hugely high ceiling, which is a theme with a lot of the Eagles draft picks this year hugely high season. His athleticism is off the charts. He's Reddick esque in stature, and then when you look at the guy, he looks like I want my uncle. He looks like a, I want to my uncle. Glasses on, really well dressed, really well spoken and um, polite conscientious bigging up his teammates again talking about the cat the character of this guy i mean he's off the charts i am so excited to see what nolan smith can do at the eagles at pick 30 is ridiculous this guy was a top 10 top 12 projected pick in the draft this year and he can learn behind brandon graham hassan reddick josh sweat a defensive end i mean talk about again the perfect place for a guy who's raw has the ability to learn the technical side of things and has all the pieces there to come in play some snaps and learn at the same time mick i mean what a perfect one to pick for the for the eagles here talk to me about nolan smith
2: oh man it's it's, it's the value it's the incredible value that we go out as well like you said projected you know somewhere between 10 and 15. a lot of people were saying before the draft, they would have been happy taking Noah Smith at ten. Um I including did. some of us on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we we had mm-hmm. that in some of our mock drafts. I think we we'll probably had every permutation possible in our mock drafts. I don't know the what we're talking about that we'd done during the <laughs> off season. Yeah. But uh, I mean I'm so excited for this guy because like I really like the way he presents himself um and the confidence that he gives as well. Uh and that that'll rub off on on other people and I can see him being like a, a a leader really quickly in the dressing room even though he's he's coming in as a rookie and that's like very rare i mean we we talked about um Nikola dean being the leader of the the Georgia defense back then he came in and i think nokobi has been fairly quiet since he came in i think that's fair to say um i think i don't know i i just i've really taken a shine to his personality is yeah. and, and that might be just something else that you don't really pick on during the draft process because you're looking at stats you're looking at what these guys are doing on the field but just another part of the draft that we don't normally get to see and not until like way after the draft happens anyway is behind the curtain and what the eagles see when they bring these guys into the building because as we know from the top 30 visits they brought in Carter, they brought in Nolan smith so they got to assess what these guys are are like personally face to face got to Mm -hmm. speak to them got to you know dig into their minds a little bit and and get to know the person behind um behind the stats um and and that's so valuable if you you just look to um the video that the Eagles released from Jalen Hurts's um combine yeah they they only released it like a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and that's what they saw all the way back then and Jalen Hurts, and we're all scratching our heads during the draft, like, why the fuck did they pick Jalen Hurts? That was a terrible <laughs> pick. The Eagles knew. They knew what they had. Um, and it just goes to show, you know, you can you can mock you your heart out and say your people are reaching, but until you have the full picture of the evaluation, you don't really know what you're getting. But um, what we do know is that this guy is an absolute monster. Um, it's maybe unfulfilled potential because he doesn't have the
1: I thought you were going to go and say something like there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I you are going no. to go and say another word there for a second. No, no. Um,
2: <laughs> he is a little undersized as like a true edge setter, sort of like yeah. that Hassan Redick has been the comp ah, for him. Micah
1: Parsons through. as well? Oh, yeah.
2: I, I and Micah Parsons because he is, is that physical freak. He 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 ran something ridiculous at the at the combine, 40 yard dash. He had a yeah. forty one vertical with ten ten eight broad. That's mm. ridiculous for yeah. someone that plays outside linebacker. Um, and he was the he was the number one high school recruit coming out of um high school in, in, in twenty nineteen as well. And th- those guys always go top of the draft, and they usually produce the goods. So. Very much looking forward to Nolan Smith. It's it's a great pick again from from Howie Roseman. Just got to doff my cap.
1: Well, you can you can tell. I can feel the excitement from you with Nolan uh, coming to the field. I don't think you've left Phil anything else to talk about. On this I'm sorry, one, but... Phil. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil. Just just touching on um, the character side of things as well, because it's it's fairly I think it's fairly obvious to everyone that this this was a this was a pick. The Eagles had to make a thirty given the value on the board. Um, two things I want to talk about. At one, Howie and um, Sirianni fielded a number of calls at 30 to move back. And I think the initial plan for Howie um, and Sirianni at that point in the draft, unless there was someone like Nolan there, they had a lot of players between 30 and 45 that they were comfortable um, picking and choosing between, perhaps. So so first question is, has Howie done it again? I mean, is, is, is do the Eagles... Always go best player available. And second question is Did you see the um, reaction to Nolan Smith being drafted and who else was there uh, congratulating him at the time? If not, just answer the first and I'll answer the second.
0: Well, um, <laughs> well, I'll quickly guess. I think wasn't, it was that the one Nicole Dean was
1: at, yeah, and um, and uh, Jordan Davis was there as well, yeah. I knew there you didn't notice Jordan Davis. Well, you'd be an idiot, if you didn't, because he was like a gorilla back on him. He's I was going to say,
2: I didn't notice Jordan Davis. I probably mistook him for like a pillar or something in the house.
1: Yeah, he, he was sat down videoing it, and then Kobe Dean oh. was up stood up congratulating him. I'm I'm 99% sure that's the case. Um, but, but yeah, but, sorry for... But
0: as, for your, as for the first question, um, Howie three years ago probably would have just traded out yeah. probably in the mid-20s, uh, I suppose, ultimately he may still have done, but only if Smith had gone. So he again, I the position that they were in at pick excuse me, pick ten and pick thirty meant that they had almost unlimited options about what they wanted to do because they'd already got their guy in the first round. So it was a case of it was a win-win situation. If Nolan Smith had gone, then there wouldn't be a guy that they wanted there and they would have traded back and got some extra picks and people would have been like, Fair enough, Nolan Smith went, there wasn't an opportunity in this this guy. But um he kept dropping, kept dropping. It's very similar to the the, the Carter situation itself. He kept dropping and kept dropping and then he pounced at the time was right because he sensed or Chicago maybe let him know saying we might pick him. We've had a call from someone else who might give him. If you want him, make an offer now um, and we'll, we'll, we'll trade places and then they got Carter at 9 instead of 10 but they probably would have got him at 10 but obviously Howie was just like there's no point missing out. If we'd missed out at that point he would have been crucified by the fan base so Ultimately, no one can really argue with that fourth round pick um, getting used to ensure we got the right guy and how he is still king. And likewise, at pick 30, he fell. I think he would have been, the difference in this situation was he probably would have been, probably wanted to trade out more, but Nolan Smith just surpassed that. So if Nolan Smith was there at at 30, he was going to take him, but he wasn't going to trade up for him because ultimately he was leaving that one to fate. It, 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 It ultimately seems, and... He, you're right he does seem to have that really good character seems like a really level head obviously he had that injury and the so that's another but on this this pick there seems to be a lot of buts at the end of all the picks which you know it can be overlooked a little bit
1: well that's what you get with high ceiling players right um and, and that's well it's how the Howard's same going. reason
0: where we had with no, no Kobe Dean and we still don't really know the answer to that one so I think maybe that's what's what's playing in the back of people's minds is that if we'd seen Nicole Dean to his full glory last season, a lot of people would be a lot more comfortable with these situations. But because we're sort of like, yeah, well, what if he's another Nicole Dean, and we don't know what's going to happen with that one. So,
1: yeah, my, my, I get what you're saying. My take on Kobe Dean is um, the reason he fell down the draft was, well, we know it was because of injury concerns um, in the draft. That was the reason he fell down. Uh, the Eagles took him knowing that he was going to be, he needed a year to uh, recover from his injuries, play a little bit of snaps here and there. Um, and then be primed and ready to play this season. I I, I could very well be wrong on that take, but um, I'm not overly concerned on the N'Kobe Dean pick. And also, I'm not overly concerned about the comparison there to Nolan Smith because picking a player of 30 in the first round um, is a bit different to picking someone up in the, in the third round, which they did with N'Kobe Dean. So I don't think they would have made as much of a calculated risk on Nolan Smith at 30, as they would have done with Kobe, but I can completely see the comparisons. Um I'm just not, I'm not out on Kobe not being a dog, Um well, even though he is a dog, I'm not um, out on being a dog just yet.
0: No, I'm, I'm still hoping and fully expecting needs to come in, the reason why is because we just didn't need to rush him in, and I've said it before, yeah. he fell because of some injury concerns and how we took him, thinking, well, I don't need to push him in straight away, so I'm not going to break him, and we might see peak Kobe doing. He's had a year to sit behind, learn, and now it's his time to take take the helm you know it's just that because we haven't been able we can't sit here and go well look at Nakobe Dean he fell but there was absolutely no concerns he's an absolute dog he's, he's balled out we just haven't seen that yet to be able to use the comparison in a positive light it's kind of going to be always to be Until the season starts, there's just going to be these questions. And I'm hoping once we get to camp, everyone's going to be like, a bit like it was with Kobe Dean. What injury seems to be running perfectly? There's no actual concerns whatsoever. So I'm hoping that's the case. But it's just one of those things where this draft is absolutely spot on. I'm loving everything about the draft. I'm just a little bit, there's that nagging thought in your mind going, it's just not completely free of any thoughts. that It's like you're off
1: the fence. You're on one side, but you've just got one foot left on there.
0: Yeah, basically, and and it, it's just one of those things where it's like I'd love to be able to, like, what would would I be would I be happier if they'd taken a safer pick? And I think that's the beauty of Howie being in a purple patch. Like when you're a gambler, you take more risk because you think I'm help. on roll. You got you got that confidence. You are like, well, everything's coming off for me, so I'm going to take it, and you can afford to take that risk. And I was listening to pretty much all the podcasts today, and I think I can't remember which one, but they're just it's just like Howie's got job security. And I'm like, that's a really good point. Like, out of all the GMs out there, he is probably the least likely to lose his job. And when you feel that security, you take more risks and you're willing to sort of say, well, if Nolan Smith is a bust, nobody's going to turn around and go, oh, we shouldn't have taken him. But any other GM takes him, it's a bit like the Bijan Robson pick. Atlanta might have completely ruined their season. And I know that's a bit of a bold take, but. They're not a sensible franchise, or they don't have the they don't have the luxury of being able to take that kind of risk and take a player like that. But they'll take it and hope it works out. I mean, the last three first round picks are um, Pitts, London, and Bijan Robinson. Like.
1: <laughs> At some point, you're
0: gonna have. To, some other point, you're gonna have to use a first-round pick to get someone like Jalen Carter because that's what you need, or an offensive tackle like Scaroni yeah. or Paris Johnson, but, <laughs> or a quarterback. <laughs> or quarterback, yeah, yeah. But that's what that's what I mean. Like how he's in in the position where he can take the risk on players like that because he's got the security, the Because he's put
1: himself and, in that position though, as well. And right? he worked
0: hard. Yeah. So he needs to. So I'm. I'm. That's why I'm also. Yeah. That's why I'm not freaking out. I'm just sort of like going. Hopefully, it will pay off for us, and I'm, I'm sure it will.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I'm not sure it's so much of a risk at 30, given he was projected top 15. But there is a risk given his production compared to other defensive ends, um, is not as high, and, and there is the ceiling there. So so I I do, I do completely agree on that front. Um, it's a quick question, guys. Um, not planned. Uh, so sacks in 2023, uh, Jalen Carter number of sacks in 2023,
2: Mick. Jalen Carter. Um... Yeah
1: five.
0: Phil? I think it'll be higher than that. I'm going with on the side of positive. I think it'll be about seven or eight.
1: Ooh, seven or eight. Defensive tackle first year. I could see it happen. He's an absolute dog. Well,
0: I I feel like the, 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 the reputation going with it and I'm ignoring all the, all the negative butts and stuff like that. I'm thinking taking him in, he is the sort of player that you, he could do that. And I think that's what I want from him. Imagine like like first
1: play of the season, like Jalen Carter just rips, rips the centre out from the left, comes down and just absolutely plants one on the quarterback to start the season off. How good would that feel as an Eagles fan base to see that happen?
0: Yeah, I think we need to, if we start the season quickly and well, that's the sort of thing that we need to happen. And if it does, that will really set the tone. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. But when you're a first round pick who's been slated to go, Will be the best talent in the draft slated to go number one overall at one point but nine. but you know you're gonna come with that level of pressure we expect you to get a minimum of five sacks mm, i
1: like that i like that a lot got that dog in your boy um good how many stuff. sacks
2: from Julian? are you gonna give us a number
1: or uh, i think i think i think four sacks uh, cool. i'm gonna go gonna go lower down i think he's gonna be big in a run game and and um, big in the pass rush I feel like the edge rushers are going to eat this year. I think he's going to be massively impactful. I think he's going to he's going to have sacks, but he's probably going to cause more sacks by his ability just to dominate into the backfield, push the guys to the edge. A little bit more like what happened last year um, with, with with the defensive edges getting um, the sacks with the defensive tackles pressurizing uh, down the middle, uh, and then you, you add in Nolan Smith to Brandon Graham, who came back and had like a in my in my opinion should have won Comeback Player of the Year last year. After his after his injury,
2: oh, in all of our opinions, he was even. Yeah, into them. it's, it's ridi-
1: ridiculous. um to come back off that injury at that age and create that much havoc. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's still going to bowl this year. I still think Brandon Graham is going to have a big part to play in the Eagles' defense this year, even with his age. He's he's a bit evergreen at the moment. You you look at Hassan Redick. He's not old. This guy's getting better and better. Josh Sweat is still young for a defensive end. He's getting better and better. He he. We saw the jump from Josh Sweat this year just come by that we hoped we would see in the previous year, and we didn't. We saw that this year, uh, and then you add in Nolan Smith on the edge as well. Um, I mean, dogs gonna eat. Dogs gonna eat.
2: Let's hope so
1: um sacks for nolan smith this year he's probably going to be what fourth change de this year you would say sorry fourth in the position of de this year you would say
2: yeah the 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 thing about our, our, our defensive line is it's very rotational um you know you've got you've got sweat you've got redick um, you've got BG. You've got Barnett coming back as well. I wasn't going to mention him. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we have to un- until the roster cuts happen. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just go for the same. I'll just go five again for, for Nolan.
1: Boring. But, uh... Phil? <laughs> Phil, you there? Yeah, uh, well, You might have oh,
0: frozen.
1: Man. Oh, you're good. You're good.
0: You're there. Am I back?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're there. Yeah, Sorry,
0: yeah. can you repeat the question? I think I was, uh, was frozen. Oh,
1: just Nolan, Nolan Smith's, Nolan Smith sacks this year.
0: Oh right, oh, God, no. <laughs> I, don't, I think he's he's going to be obviously behind behind Reddick in in terms of that sort of thing. I, I I would want him to make an immediate impact, but yeah, probably about four sacks. I think
1: four sacks. All right, I like it. I've got seven he's going to blow out this year and surprise everyone. I think there's going to be a, you know, I'm going to hate when I say this. I think there'll be an injury on the defensive line this year. Oh fuck,
2: (laughs) Liam, you do this every year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to come in and he's going to, um, he's going to play wrecking ball at defensive end, and uh, and get on. We're doing it, man. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be that guy, but we're we're stop it, just stop it. There's no need for it. (laughs)
2: There's no need for you to put that out there into the world. There's just not. Sorry.
1: Uh, I'm confident, well, I'm confident the, the uh, conditioning guys have done a really good job. I like the way Sirianni, um doesn't um, bring them in too much for OTAs, uh, or pre-OTAs, pre-mini training camps, uh, limited on OTAs. And um, I think the amount of pieces they have on D-line, they can rotate quite a lot, which, has been, which will help the veterans. So, um, You know, I kind of contradicts my point, but uh, there's a reason Eagles have been healthier the last few years and, and obviously i hope that continues um that that narrative just suits my take at seven sacks for Nolan Smith. <laughs> good stuff uh all right let's talk about offensive tackle i have to say i was surprised that the eagles had not picked up an offensive tackle in the first two picks uh, not because of the way the board fell i wouldn't have chose differently um i, I know why it happened but i really thought they were going to go higher i think it multiple previous podcasts I had Eagles picking an offensive tackle or offensive lineman. Um specifically Paris Johnson Jr. I'm gonna to have to keep an eye on his career now. I feel a little bit of a tear in my eye. I really saw him arriving at the oh, um at you the have emotional
2: connection with him there. <laughs> a bit of
1: an emotional connection. I wanted another city name in the team with, with Paris there. Um and oh, yeah. yeah
2: the the, the Paris Dallas boss yeah yeah, yeah, Very exactly. Good. Paris, Dallas,
1: um, so Boston. Such a bizarre
0: to reason to want to <laughs> No, it wasn't yeah. the
1: reason. It was kind of a nice little, you know, a little Beowulf kind of nod to a, like a weird, weird reason. Um, no, it was, um, yeah, I, I, was, I was hoping to see them pick him up. But I have to say, having done some research since the pickup and going back and thinking about some of the comments that Harry Roseman specifically made on the New Heights podcast. and uh, Phil, I think you brought this up a few weeks ago, actually. Um the Eagles have uh, picked with pick number 65, Tyler Steen, offensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, before I go any further, Mick, I think during the next college season, mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, maybe a bit of Oklahoma. Uh, let, let's just do a lot of recon on these three teams <laughs> because the Eagles are the Eagles are picking picking from these squads. I think Howie also mentioned. I'm going on a little Irish segue here. Uh, How you also mentioned that he's fed up of not picking any Florida Gators and it's eating him up inside, picking up all these Georgia boys. He did get one towards the end of the round, which we'll get to. Um, But uh, listen, talk to me about Steen, because since the pick went through, I've been feeling very, very good about this pick because he's six foot six, 321 pounds. Of Lane Johnson kind of physical attributes, which are similar to um, the pickup, he is um, from Arizona. Uh, sorry, there was, a, there, was a, there was a trade. The Eagles received pick 65 and um, from Arizona in exchange for uh pick 94 and a 2024 fifth round pick, which we picked up from the tampering in the hire of Jonathan Gannon. Maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. He had four seasons prior to uh, he put four seasons at, at Vandy. For, before he transferred to Alabama um, and he started all 13 games at left tackle for Alabama, protecting um, Bryce Young, who of course was the number one overall pick in this draft. Uh, he was projected to go in the fourth round, scooped up at the end of the third, which is where the Eagles picked him up. And um, yeah, he's the latest enrollee at the Stoutland University, um, which, is, um, which is something I'm really excited about. And when I mentioned a second ago about how he said in the New Heights podcast, New Heights podcast, Jersey Kelsey podcast. He felt comfortable that Stoutland could pick up a offensive lineman in the sixth or seventh round. Now he's probably exaggerating a little bit there, what they did with Jordan Myel Adder. They're not going to do that every time, but he's confident that that Stoutland can pick up a offensive tackle in a later round uh, with the physical traits and turn them into something which to, turn them into a starting caliber offensive lineman, whether it's right guard, whether it's left tackle, right tackle. They won't need a left tackle. Let's hope he could transition to right tackle. And um, that's exactly what they've done. They've picked up a guy who wasn't a top-of-the-line top of the, top of the line draft prospect. You could make the argument that a lot of top-of-the-line draft prospects already had the physique and the technique. Ergo, you don't necessarily need to spend that draft capital where when you have someone like Stanton to teach them up. Um, so a bit, I think it's probably obvious. I, I've come around to this actually being one of my most exciting pickups in the draft. Uh, You're going to laugh at me. Why aren't you saying D-tackle? Why aren't you saying uh, defensive edge? I I really value the offensive line. I think it's a huge part of why the Eagles are successful. And it's a huge part of enabling Jalen Hurts to be successful in his run game and the running back by committee that we have. Maybe I'm going to do segments on Steen all year like I did on Jalen last year. Um, But I'm just really excited to see what this guy can do. He can can come in and, and, and learn from the best that there is. Around in the Eagles organization, both from the coaches and the players, and we'll see where he can move around and impact this year towards the end of the season. And next year could be a potential replacement for Lane Johnson that we're looking. And we don't need to spend a high draft capital value next year. Um, I just Mick, just initial thoughts on, am I am I being overly enthusiastic about this guy? Should I tamper down my expectations a little bit, or were you likewise happy to see the Eagles draft Tyler Steen?
2: you calm down that, that's not a thing is it <laughs> i've never been able to tell you to calm down ever since i've known you liam that's just that's that's not that, that's not a thing that's not um, me
1: that's fair that's
2: not you uh, <clears throat> be excited to be very excited um because this is the time to be excited we, we we're we're a, a roster that just went to the super bowl picking up incredible talent from from, from a draft and If that's not enough to get excited, then you're following the wrong sport because this is exactly what you should be excited about. Picking up guys, as you mentioned, from Alabama, from Georgia, the SEC, the top two teams in the nation. Um, There's a reason why all these players get drafted year on year on year. They're in double digits, the amount of um, players' prospects that get drafted from both of these programs. And it's because of the pro-style offenses, the pro-style defenses that that they arrange. uh, people like Nick Saban, like Kirby Smart, they're they're bringing these these kids essentially from the age of seventeen, and they're working them, and they're working them, and they're working them, uh, and and they're NFL ready when they come into the league already. They don't really need to sit for a year or sit for two years, um, and and get up to NFL speed most of the time. Of course, there's there's obviously a learning curve of some sort, but to, the best position to be in is coming out of one of those two programs. Um, as well as a couple more, like you know Notre Dame and uh, <laughs> who, uh, who? Sorry, uh, who? Uh, no, no, <laughs> nah, never mind. Never mind. I, I was just getting that that in there, but no, uh, I, I can't say I knew a lot about Tyler Steen before coming into the draft. It's it's just I trust Stoutland essentially. That, that that that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. If if we have drafted an offensive, he was happy tackle, when we drafted him as well. You can bet your asked that Stoutland has has. has fucking nipped Howie in the ear for about <laughs> half an hour before the pick was coming, like draft Steen, you need to draft Steen. I'll tell you why I'll give you a thousand reasons and then m- <laughs> made him watch tape on his phone and shit like that. Just like Howie, this is the guy that you need to draft it. And you know, he probably relented just like, you know what? Stout, you've got your guy and and I'm 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 sure that's the way that's the way it's played out in my head. Um, I'd like to think that's
1: the way it did go. Uh, <laughs> I'm but... loving, I'm loving, like, dear, dear, I'm visualizing in that <laughs> and, and to be honest, like, you know, Stalin is the kind of guy that will do that. He'll be all over, Howie. Like, you need to draft this guy right now. I guarantee you, playoff runs, championship visits, you get me this guy. We don't need to spend draft capital next year. I can train him up. He's ready to go. Let's go. I can oh, imagine.
2: yeah. There was a story. I can't remember where I heard it, but it was something like, you know, Stout was trying to get. Um... How he any the film rooms like watch watch tens to watch 10 more snaps watch 20 more snaps of this guy or, or that guy um, and how he's like i need to go to my son's little league game like you know instead it's like, <laughs> like trying to drag him into the film room and I, I love all that um it's it's fantastic but i mean t- tyler's a guy you, you know you've already explained he played at right tackle for a full season at uh, vanderbilt um, and then he played at left tackle as well, so he's got yeah. that ability to play both sides, swing tackle. Um, they're talking about his arm length is a little bit undersized, so it might translate more to a guard position. Whether we have an empty spot just now, right guard, exactly, garb. perfect. Um, so that's that's maybe one of the camp battles that we we can go on to talk about during this off season, whether it's going to be Tyler Steen or Cam Jurgens. Yeah,
1: and and and. I'm all if... right, I'm
2: all right. I'm thinking that. Of...
1: Sorry, Phil. God, that was my bad.
0: No, sorry. I think I was a bit out of sync there. Am I right in saying that he was started out as a defensive player and then transferred transferred across to the offensive line, or is that someone else I'm thinking of and that we picked? Because I've listened to so many podcasts today that I might yes, be getting it oh, played. But <laughs> I, it's, think um, I think yeah, I think
2: I, I, I think, think I was listening to
0: so to I think it might have been the 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 Ringer podcast saying that he was a uh, yeah he was a defensive out,
1: end at Vanderbilt University um, for yeah. four games and so he's
0: he's mastered not just along the offensive line but he mastered obviously defensive <laughs> line as well so he's, he's a guy of many talents and 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 you know you just know like you said um Stoutland's got his eye on him seeing a the high high level of versatility we were never going to take one of our first two picks I'm convinced of that um on the offensive line just because of the quality that we've got in the coaching to bring yeah up I'll hold my hands out I, I was wrong I was a, wrong I was wrong on that I just couldn't see it happening. And the only well, apart from that would have been the situation where, say, um Bijan's gone and Carter were gone and Paris was there. It's like got the best player, best player available. But even then, we'd be sat here going, We probably could have got someone later on. Do we need me really, to go for Paris? We could have traded back and got picks. But anyway, that's going into another tangent. But no, I'm um I don't know an awful lot about it. Before what I've heard from people talking about it so far is that that, that once they picked him and they started doing the tape they realized that they this guy's pretty special um
1: for most it teams be... it's not a sexy pick but for the eagles when they have Stalin and we have the offensive line it is a sexy pick he is probably the most
0: valuable coaching asset we have um above oh, all others yeah. just in general because of the ability that it gives you or the flexibility it gives you in the draft or whoever you take on you know you can pick up people's leftovers people's seconds if you want to um, and turn them Ooh. into super super bowl caliber players. what I'm saying like there's like, a
1: game we need to play how can you rank how how do you rank Howie Roseman, Jeff Stoutland, Nick Siriano, Jalen Hurts in the importance for Eagles success in the future? That's a little uh, drafting game we should we should maybe do at one point in time. You know what made um, me
2: think about there that it was um have you seen are you familiar with the Marvel films? Yeah absolutely and I it, love the Marvel they, films. And <clears> they say, you know, we've got a Hulk. Yeah <laughs> Yeah, we've got a Stoutland.
1: We've got a Stoutland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's also made me think, like you know, you, you know, there's the, the five gems he needs. Uh, Infinity yeah. stones. Oh, Infinity yeah, stones. Yeah. You said
0: you were a fan, Liam. I am a fan. Sorry, I've, <laughs> I've, 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 it's been a long
1: day. I'm having a gin. All right, give me a break. Um, the Infinity Stones. You know, maybe like Jalen Hurts is one of the Infinity Stones. Nick Sirianni is one of the Infinity Stones. Howie Roseman, Jeff Stoutland. Who's the Who's the fifth Infinity Stone? Who knows? Jason Kelsey um perhaps <laughs> all season
2: content we'll come up with the five each and then we'll do it right yeah exactly <laughs> i like I like, it. I like it it's a good idea i'm
1: all over it i'm in i'm sold um okay with the th- the third round uh the next pick eagles went back to back it was a good time to be watching the draft live um and they picked up a need for the Eagles, and that is safety. Uh, Sydney Brown picked 66 from Illinois. They go away from drafting from Alabama and Georgia for, for a minute anyway, and uh, they pick up um, Sydney Brown and – Listen, I think it's a good pickup for the Eagles. He was a 2022 All-American, 59 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss, one sack, six interceptions, seven pass breakups, one quarterback kick, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Uh, He's the identical twin of Bengals running back um, as well. Born in Canada, I love my Canadians. And um, it's a nice little piece of content here, Mick, raised by a single mother who went through poverty, homelessness to send her boys to America for a fresh start playing football while she worked in Canada. And um, that reminds me of my mother going home to Ireland um, after my dad and mum split up to um, work six to seven days a week to make sure I had a a good enough upbringing myself. So that actually is really nice sentiment, Mick. Thank you for putting that on the podcast notes. Um, That's made me root for him even more. Um,
2: there's like a 15 minute video on youtube and it's it sort of goes through the story and interviews the mom and it interviews the boys and it's it's pretty good
1: that's awesome I, i'm gonna need I'm sure to hear check out. that one out watch watch that maybe with a, a, a you know a tissue to hand uh, in case I get a little bit emotional about it, but Phil, you, you happy the Eagles picked up the safe, this, the safety that they, needed. The, you I don't think it's been touted as the, the best pickup in the draft by the Eagles. We're, 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 ranking them all, but positional values relatively good. Um, he's, I think he was the second overall projected safety to go in the, in the draft behind Brian branch. So relatively decent value at that, by that position in the draft.
0: Absolutely. Um, I hadn't mocked him, I don't think, in any of my drafts. I hadn't really done any much research because I don't think it was ever the way things fell because obviously the way we ended up picking back-to-back, we only had one pick at the end of the um, second round. So originally we probably weren't looking at this player, but this is exactly where I wanted uh, safety to be taken because I feel like it was one of those, not under-the-radar needs, but one of the less-talked-about needs that we had. And I feel like... Once you get into the later picks, you're just taking a gamble on someone in round four, five, six and a safety. You know, there might be a guy that falls, but generally I think safeties were sort of the second and third round. And I'm happy that Howie did some wheeling and dealing and got an extra pick to t- sort of take an offensive lineman and a safety. So for all those people who would sort of omen and iron in their mock drafts, oh, do I take a safety here? Do I take an offensive lineman? Howie did both. So <laughs> you can't really argue much past that, but obviously the player himself and the stats that you've you've, you've made, um, I think he is going to be a, a massive hit, and I think people are overly positive. But like I said, it's it's hard to sort of say, well, I didn't, I don't think he should have gone there because of the situation being that we picked back to back, got an extra pick, and. That's a situation no one thought about. So I think you've just got to look at it on face value. You've know, got a really a top-class, um, second best safety, as you mentioned in the draft, plus an offensive lineman that could be an absolute dog. Um, I think that that's my opinion on on the matter. I'll he's he's an aggressive.
1: In. He's an aggressive player as well. Um, five for ten. He's he's not he's not a big lad. He he's he's good on the uh, deep threats. He's good in man coverage. Um, his his his. his the worst stats have been when he's defending against the rush, um, which you don't need to worry too much about being a safety. So the way we play, I know we play more zone and we'll continue to play a bit more zone under Sean Desai, uh, but the fact that he's good in coverage and good against the deep ball is something that I value a lot in a safety. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm excited to see what he's going to be like. I think he has the potential to be a bit of a shagger, to be fair. So, yeah. I, I,
0: I think the, the, the biggest thing we've needed in is tackling in the open field, and that was our biggest thing. It was a massive gap. If we didn't stop them on the straight on the line of scrimmage, we might have. We were good at intercepting the ball sort of in the back end of the secondary, but there was just that open field. Like if someone broke through on the ground, there was always a good 10, 15 yard gain, and it was just infuriating at times. And one of his uh, biggest traits is flying into tackle. We just want to see someone. That was probably what we missed not having Singleton on the team, although. His tackles were quite often behind the line of scrimmage. The way he flew into them just gives you that sort of go and like, gives the team a boost when someone just <laughs> goes in and smashes someone, changes the momentum of the game. Like you want to, you want to run in the middle of this, in in the middle of the field. Sorry, I can't get my words out. You want to run in those areas. <laughs> this guy is going to make sure that if you do, you're not going to live do it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely, completely agree. Um, Mick, I feel like I started this 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 segment off about. Um, about Brown, a little bit unfairly, actually. The, the more the more I talk about it, the more I look at these stats. Um, I think he could be a great pickup at sixty six.
2: I really like it. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's just I would mocked him a couple of times. Um, there's there's quite a lot of the the you know guys from the fighting Illini that, that left this draft, um, and <clears throat> this guy was one of the leaders in that room. Um, he started 10 games as a true freshman for this team uh, and like i say especially from his background from where he was coming from canada you know fighting for everything his whole life um keen boxer by the way he likes his boxing apparently he's, he's, he's right in his fitness as well and he, well I mean to be in the NFL you have to be but I think this guy takes it to another level and being an identical twin to his brother Chase Brown who was drafted by the Bengals that gives him a bit of competitiveness and they talked about that during the interview where they're trying to beat each other or try outdo mm-hmm. each other all the time and that will keep going I think in the NFL this, this guy is dying to prove himself this guy wants to show everything and give everything that he possibly can this guy will not for lack of effort will this guy fail at the eagles I 100 percent. i could categorically say that right now not for lack of effort will he fail at the eagles feels, um, feels
1: like a bit of a, a underdog mentality i know i know he was like eight in interceptions in the league and and all that from from I, he did very well at college but given where he was picked up and given the other you were players that the Eagles picked up feels he's gone under the radar a little bit in terms of how important the position could be in a position of great need uh, I hasten to add in terms of the gaps that the Eagles had linebacker and safety were uh, one and two uh, or two and one whichever way you wanted to look at it Mm -hmm. Um, you can argue running back was um, was a big need as well so um, why don't we talk about a trade that the Eagles made in the 2023 NFL draft and um, Phil, I think I'm going to come to you on this one, my friend, because you've been the one pulling for a running back the most, both to draft in the draft, but also perhaps to trade for. Uh, we we had Rashad Penny that we picked up in the offseason for pittance. We had Boston Scott already We had Kenny Gainwell. Playoff, Kenny played well, but other than that, didn't show a lot of signs of the success we hoped he would have. Miles Sanders has left. You've got um, Trey Sermon, who we were wondering is ever going to get a snap for the Eagles. Even with Penny, even with Gainwell, even with giant killer Boston Scott. How can I forget Boston Scott? Giant killer. Even with these guys, it felt like the Eagles were missing something at running back. They needed something else with Penny's injury history. Uh, I'm going to let you take away uh, the, the person that the Eagles traded for during this draft.
0: So... Obviously, big Bijan Robinson fan, and, and once I got over that disappointment and we started getting into the draft, Charbonnet went, Gibbs went ridiculously early. Um, I ended wanted up Gibbs. Being, it ended up being to our, to our benefit, hopefully, but it started to feel like there was no point adding a running back, a rookie running back, um, after the, the top three or four had gone, because we're not really adding anything we're just creating a more a bigger situation where there's a lack of experience or or ability to stay on the on the field so it seemed more and more and i put a couple messages in the group sort of saying this has surely got to mean that we're going to be trading for a running back because there's plenty out there and it just felt like that's where the draft was going and as it turns out Gibbs going to the Lions meant that Swift was quickly being touted as a trade possibility. And I think also his agent and the player himself immediately kinda of went, Well, that's my time in Detroit done. Where, what's what's gonna happen next? And I felt mm-hmm. I like Swift. And so a lot of people a lot of people are saying that he's um he's missed a lot of games, but he's only missed ten games in three years and three were in his rookie season. So I don't think they were down to injury. I think they were obviously down to him being a rookie. Um so he's only really missed sort Seven games into two seasons, if you want to put it that way, due to injury or or, or or actually towards the end of last season. It was mainly because Jameson Williams was just absolutely on fire and that's just the way it goes. So I think the the concept, you know, the, the conceived idea that he is an injury prone running back isn't untrue. I just don't think it's nearly as true as people make out. It's one of those lazy takes, oh, he's an injured injured guy. But well, well, is he really? And his career, career stats, he's played 40 games But the most important thing about it, it's in those forty games, he's had 156 catches of 205 receiving targets for over 1,000 yards. And I know that's over three seasons, but 1,200 yards for a running back receiving over three seasons with seven touchdowns. And to back up with those actual running stats, he's had 364 carries for 1,680 yards and 18 touchdowns with an average career, a career average, sorry, of 4.6 yards, with last season being five and a half, despite only playing... Thirteen games, I think. Sorry, <laughs> just trying to do the numbers in my head. So he's, I think he's a lot more of a higher prospect. Some people, the podcasts I've listened to today, are all, all sort of trying to rank the Eagles running back room, and a lot of them have Penny um, ahead of him in their sort of. Their if he's fit money. and
1: healthy, I wouldn't necessarily massively disagree and I think with that. That's but it I think because so,
0: yeah, yeah, because Penny's obviously got the high ceiling if he stays on the field, but he's had even more injury troubles. I think generally Swift is a is a great fit the total running back cost running room cost is still about the same if not less than what Miles yeah, Sanders, Sanders is now commanding yeah. at the Panthers so you you're talking someone told me you're going to get swift and um, plus a couple others um and you're going to have you know a decent running back room on, on paper if everyone stay fit and it's going to cost you less than what it would cost to just pay Miles Sanders i think um it's just He's, he's going to be a good player, and the fact is he's also the reason why we got Pajamo so late, because we did a swap of seventh-round picks um, and a 2025 fourth-round pick, which, to caveat onto that, is that if he turns out to be a bust, as long as he doesn't bomb too much, when we, when we release him, if we release him, sorry, then the compensatory pick that we get from the Lions is a 2025 fourth-round pick. So we will lose nothing apart from the fact that we dropped back 30 places in the seventh round. And in fact, we still managed to get Mauro Ojomo. So I can't can't find anything about this trade (laughs) that makes me think, oh, I wouldn't have done that. He's good enough that he can be in lead if he stays on the field. And I feel like in a committee for a start will be good for him because he's not going to be an every down back straight away. He might go into that but he's not going to be that kind of guy or doesn't need to be that guy um and he could potentially be elite and the eagles running back room it's bad for fantasy but who gives a shit about fantasy when it's your own team um so let's just enjoy this ride and i think it's just it's a great trade he's a philly native and this is getting silly now guys he is a georgia bulldog as well i was like, just gonna on, say on, isn't Harry. he a georgia
1: boy
0: it's just like he's a philly native and he's a georgia boy and it just seems to be like i said we've said before that the the, the, the the fact that the most of the Eagles are, there's connections, like that's being really heavily touted as the reasons why we're selecting a lot of players, the connections between the Georgia guys, the familiarity of bringing Reddick back being a, a, a Philly guy. Um, and also, you know, uh, sorry, DeAndre Swift went to St. Joe's Prep. So he's, uh, he's a Philly native as well. I think it's going to be a great trade.
1: Yeah, I mean... Um... Uh, I'm ecstatic about the, the Swift pickup. Uh, not least because my uh, friend Andy, who uh, Phil you've met, I can I can show him the stats that Swift gets every week for the Eagles. Um, having the Lions, having let him go. He's 24 years old, man. I mean, what's going on? Like, I was so shocked the Lions moved out of a the position they did in the draft. I was so shocked that they picked up Jamar Gibbs. And Jamar Gibbs is one of my favorite players in the draft. He'd probably in my top five, six Favorite players in the draft that I wanted to see in the NFL. Uh, up there with Bijan Robinson, I I was almost like maybe even Gibbs over Robinson. I know that sounds crazy, but because of his pass catching ability, uh, I was I was all over that for the, for the Eagles. Um, but I don't I just don't know why. I mean Jamal Williams that they did all those. I know he's moved to the Saints now, but all those touchdowns he had last year with their strong offensive line. <laughs> It's almost like they, they were in a similar position to the Eagles where they didn't need to go and get a top, top running back in the draft class because of their strong offensive line and, you know, Penny Sewell over there and and whatnot. So I was I was very surprised that they they went for um, Jamar Gibbs, but the Eagles are benefiting from that decision massively. People at the end of the draft were saying the Lions had a really good draft. I mean, had an okay draft if you want to watch exciting football. Um, not sure they had one of the best drafts in... One of the best drafts around. Did, did they pick up Hooker as well, the quarterback to to um to train behind golf? I mean, yeah, it, it kind of feels like the the Lions don't know what they're doing. Anyway, this is not a Lions podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they, had, yeah, they,
0: they had a good draft if you move all of their picks about ten to twenty picks right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Gibbs at
1: twelve. You take
0: Gibbs at twenty-two to thirty, and that's a great pick. But it just seemed very. I don't
1: think anyone else was picking Gibbs until until 18, 19, 20. Easy. It felt felt very
0: much like they had a plan and it went wrong at the first turn of the handle. And then they would just constantly kind of scrabble back to get some sort of, you know, get back on the line. But yeah, that's like I said, there's enough about the Lions draft. But thanks for Swift.
1: Yeah, thanks for Swift. Uh, all all over that. It's gonna be very interesting to see the Eagles running back room, and it's gonna be very e- um, enjoyable to talk to Jamal Singleton uh, when he comes on in the offseason to talk oh, to him about his thoughts yeah. um, on on the, the running back room for the Eagles. We'll 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 give uh, Jamal some space uh, after a Super Bowl run and, and, and draft run up, um, and we'll we'll try and see if we can get him on in the next couple of months. But he, he's already said he's he's game for that. So looking forward to um, to speak to him about that um folks i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you now i'm gonna leave you in the hands of mick and phil uh who are going to talk about the next eagles pickup which is another georgia bulldog boys enjoy the rest of the podcast speak to you soon
2: cheers liam, cheers, liam. bye
0: bye oh thank god he's gone Man, uh, what are we gonna what are we gonna do now like he was gonna ask us the questions
2: you know what we can do whatever we want now um uh, see what, that way when the substitute teacher comes in, sort of thing. That's what's happening. Yeah, just, now. Um, yeah, just We'll just
0: go feral for the next half an hour. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the thing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get on with it then. So, um, I guess we'll just take it in turns with picks, then, mate. Let's go for it. So, I'll I'll start off with um, like I said, Keely Ringo. Um, I'm, I'm quite excited about this pick. To be honest, I feel like again another player that sort of slipped down. Um. The pecking order, a lot of people had him going um, first round during the season. He's dropped down a little bit. Um, Not entirely sure why, to be honest. Everything seems like it was falling into place for him. But essentially, the way the draft's fallen, he's fallen right into our laps at 105. And the Eagles obviously conducted quite an, um, an interesting trade, really, because it's unusual. And we weren't the only team that did it to be conducting trades about 20 minutes before the third day kicked off so obviously there have been a few discussions or at the end of the day end of day two going into day three and I think the consensus had been he's there we've got to go up and take him and and they figured out how to do it trading with Houston I think it was um to jump into the third pick on day four so pick 105 picking him up 42 tackles two tackles for loss um one forced fumble two interceptions and
2: seven pass breakups and 2022, Mick, I mean, those are pretty impressive stats, you know? Yeah, yeah. They they are, and especially for a guy that's so young as well, um, Ringo is only 20 years old, which is ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. The the, the thing that was, funny enough, we're talking about Hendon Hooker, I did hear on another podcast, and it may have been around the NFL, maybe maybe it was one of the Eagles ones, I can't really remember, but they said at the end of Ringo's rookie deal, he'll still be younger than Hendon Hooker is now um and that that goes to show you the, the sort of gap we're, we're looking at here but phil see, see if you had said to me and i said this i said this on the, the other podcast that we were guesting on another week shout out to the philly philly podcast um if you had said to me before the draft we're going to we're, we're going to draft jalen carter we're going to draft Noan smith we're going to draft kelly Ringo, and we're also going to pick up um Eli Ricks, who's one of the UDFA's that we'll come on to talk about later on. If you had said that to me a year ago, this time a year ago, I would have said, you know, how many first round picks do the Eagles actually have in this draft? And, you know, we can say all we want about projections and all that sort of thing. Guys slipping down the draft, yes, picked him up up in round four. But that's an absolute steal. Like, from, from what this guy has managed to produce from, you know, becoming a starter when when he was a freshman uh, all the way to to where he has now been drafted yeah, in the fourth round. But the value is there for us. That's why Howie saw his opportunity. He said, you know, I'm about to sit down on my couch. At, when did when did day three start? It starts about five o'clock in, yeah. in, the, in the evening at our time and i'm like right okay like we'll see how this goes not really expecting anything because we're not picking for a, probably a couple of hours after the thing started and then you know all tech all the messages start coming through on 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 twitter on the group chat on notifications like eagles are trading up he was trading up like shh, who's he who, who who is he going for you know we've got all these prospects still on the board because it looked like quite a lot of guys had slipped and it was like the i think you say that it, it's the third I think we, we were the sub team to trade up the
0: raiders traded up and i, th- I want to see the rams but i'm not sure but i was actually um cleaning my decking not exciting because <laughs> i spent the last couple of days painting it but i was sort of doing the, the mundane cleaning work so i had a pressure washer in my hand game pass in the other just like waving this thing around aimlessly not not <laughs> giggly, um not not knowing exactly what i was doing um just cleaning the deck in occasionally and then just staring at the phone going, oh my God, they've traded so I was getting game packs on trying to do chores and that. But no, it's it's, it's crazy. But man, but just to go back to his stats, the speed of the guy. I mean, he ran a 4.36, but he clocked a top speed of 23.5 miles an hour, which I think people have said was not achieved by any player in the NFL in 2022. So he is... He his clock speeds faster than any player in the I And mean, You think about some of the speedy players that we've seen in the last season, not not on the Eagles necessarily, but in general, sort of and you, you can probably list a top ten of, of speedy guys, Tyreek Hill for one, Nick cheer he he didn't even go three point five miles an hour. So it just goes to show. And for a cornerback, you know, if you know you're coming up against a guy in the secondary who is basically gonna beat you for speed. No matter how fast you run, that's going to get in your head. And that's going to force you to think about, as a wide receiver, exactly what you're going to do. If someone says, right, what well, you got, it's just a straight post route.
2: You're like, oh, but man, I'm against Keely Ringo. Should we maybe think, rethink this? <laughs> yeah. Like you said, he's not going to get beat on the outside um, just by, you know, straight down, straight down the field to, you know, like a, a, a corner route or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> that's not where, where, keely will be will be caught out shall we say and i can't believe this guy's over 200 pounds and he's running a 4.36 it's just ridiculous but but the, the the i suppose the area of concern and maybe why he did drop down to the fourth is because people are saying he's got stiff hips and that you know he, he struggles to um like adjust his, his body or shift mm. his momentum um and he'll probably have some problems against receivers that are like excellent route, route runners um, especially but he's going to be learning. going be
0: learning behind two experts, pros you, of the you've game. Just made my exact. Sorry, I've, been, I've jumped. No, ahead. no,
2: no, no. Continue, please.
0: No, it's just. I mean, that was the the thing. Is like cornerback. He, we didn't interview Gonzalez or Witherspoon. Fantastic talents, and arguably if they picked them up because of whatever happened. You know, like I said, there's six scenarios where Carter's gone. Blah, blah blah. Best player available. How he's gone? Do you know what? But he hadn't interviewed, they hadn't seen them, hadn't spoken to them. So I think it would have been hard stretch to say that they were just got taking a punt on a player they'd done nothing, no interactions with. But the, the reason why is because we have Slay. Yes, they are old. Slay and Bradbury getting on a bit. But we've resigned Bradbury for, for a few years and, and Slay is going to stick around for a little bit longer as well. So he's going to be learning behind two of the best in the game. So this stiff hips, can it be coached? Well, if it can't, if it can, it will be coached out of him because he's in the prime position to be it. Um, but if he doesn't, and he's only got some sort of niche uses, we don't need him to do those. So, you know, we can, we can rotate him in. You know, we're up against a team that's that's got some ridiculously speedy receivers. Then you might not want Slay on the field because he's going to be losing a bit of pace. Maybe not that much, but Slay did get beaten you get a get couple boned. of times, bur- yeah. burnt a couple of times. So it'd be the case of if you can predict what's going, to, what they're going to be, plays they're going to be doing, you'd be like Slay. Get your ass out of there, Ringo! Just run, <laughs> Ringo! Run, run, Ringo! Run. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's a that's a that's a it's a great pick, um, and especially one that they did move up for. But no one's bothered about that, and it was um, it was just, just a good move. But um, let's move on to the next pick that we had round in round six. All right, just make sure I don't scroll too far. This is the one that we probably can spend the least
2: amount of time on. I think you're correct there. I was I was talking to Liam Prepod, and you know he's worried about timekeeping and all that sort of thing, and we still ran over. Um, yeah. But I was like, we don't need to spend a lot of time on Tanner McKee because nobody, nobody is excited about this pick. It's probably the only pick in the draft that sort of lets it down slightly, um, even though after the first two picks, everything else yeah. is gravy. Um, but it's, I, it's a, it's I feel a pick. like this. Yes. I feel like
0: I feel like this pick was. A bit not, I don't want to accuse Howie of desperation picks. I just feel like he definitely had a plan to take a quarterback around about this point. But we had a bit of a run in, in rounds sort of three to five. Um, and I think there was a couple like Stetson Bennett went to the, the Rams, I'm not saying it was him, but and there was a couple of, um, Quarterbacks taken maybe sooner than people thought for backup quarterbacks or punt taking a punt on a quarterback, and I think he was probably just the best of the bad bunch, and that was in the plan. Take a quarterback just to bring into the squad because I was saying that they don't need to take one because they can pick one up as an undrafted free agent. But I'm getting the feeling that at that point, how was like, there isn't going to be anybody left um, to take a punt on. So I either take a punt on this guy or we have no one but Ian Book to to back up. Hey, as QB three, which I know hey. is going to upset you. <laughs> but they're obviously not enamored with it. somewhere,
2: of course. <laughs> no, no. they're,
0: they're obviously not enamored enough with the but to be confident him as QB three, maybe they just want to put a bit of competition. Hey, Tamaki, Tana the next one, ready? You just never know. But I doubt it. But you just never know. So it's a quarterback that Howard was kind of forced
2: into making. So should we there uh, move on? Yeah, let's move on. I'm not really interested in seeing too much about Tanner either. But...
0: Some terrible. Um,
2: we if you haven't if you haven't heard about the stats from Tanner McKee so far, then we're uh,
0: mm, <laughs> you don't want to read them because they're not make they don't make for pretty viewing. But let's let's bring. Oh, he starts starts great, favorites.
2: but he really wasn't. Yeah. Sorry, for on. You go.
0: No, I think our connection is probably uh, causing a few issues here, but we'll um, we'll move on to pick seven, uh, pick for two four nine from round seven. Um, one of my favorite. Obviously, we were at two nineteen, uh, moved back with the trade with the Lions to get two four nine, and took Morrow jomo from Texas, another defensive tackle. Um, happy with that because I, as much as I love Carter, I feel like we needed at least at least two defensive tackles in this draft, and we got them. Um, Mick, have you got that video? from yes, his it's cool how Well um we can either play it now. let's play it now before we before you actually click it on it's it hits different for me i mean we see these these moment where the phone call from the gm to the player as he's drafted comes on and initially it sounds a bit like he's just a bit non fuss. and a lot of times when i listen to him I'm like oh, man getting drafted to the nfl have a bit more Oh, like no, this is man. this is your moment. Like, really I don't know. What I mean 10... I wasn't
2: in. I'm like, why aren't you screaming down the phone? I <laughs> would be screaming down the phone. Man. But then it soon becomes apparent that he
0: the reason he's just not very loquacious with with how he's because he's just so relieved. It's like pick two four nine. I mean, off the top of my head how how many picks there are in the draft, but it's right at the back end. Can't that's be more than ten percent. picks. Yeah. Yeah, it can't be more than ten picks before that's it. He be he's a an undrafted free agent, which probably would have been snapped up anyway, but Just the video, Mick, and you guys can see whether you agree with me or not. Hi, this is Morrow. This is Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Howie?
1: I'm doing all right. You want to get drafted? Yeah, Howie, I want to get drafted. You want to come to Philly?
0: Oh, gosh. What?
2: Yeah, we're going to take you here, man. Um, we can't believe you're here in the seventh round. We know you're gonna show the world what kind of player you are. Yeah, and, you uh, afternoon. Um We're excited to get you. We're excited to get you. Congratulations, you're an Eagle. I mean So good is that. If
0: you're gonna tear up a sports video, that's one to tear up, you can just tell like the guy's just like it's like redemption at the eleventh hour. You think all hype is lost, and then you get a phone call from Harry Roseman saying we're going to change your life forever and that's the
2: reaction i was looking for i mean what's not to love about that mate <laughs> it's great from from you know uh the sort of uh you picking up the phone with pretty much no emotion at all to hearing his voice starting to break and then it just it does break and then you can hear him pause for breath and and like try not like the emotion overcome him and then how he's speaking to him and he's probably not even he, hearing anything after he said the words like we're picking you up here um he's probably not heard a word since how he said that and he just turns he's presumably his family to i'm getting picked up by the eagles and there's just the scream like ah! <laughs> someone in the background so you get <laughs> yeah. You know, i mean
0: emotions all over the place i think um i mean for anyone ever and i've been i'm probably gateway of it before that moment thinking uh, these these videos these phone calls are all staged the guy knows he's getting drafted at this point and a lot of times they may be putting on this oh my god really you're, you're not gonna regret it and hey coach and all right yeah cool well let's just move on um that's probably the time when I thought oh my god like you could, like how desperate it can get so anyway that's enough of the, the the emotional drip drab of when you get picked let's talk about the guy himself um, projected as a third-round talent by PFF, and we could we scoop him up in the seventh. I think you could probably just end it there and go. We have got another high-round predicted talent way back at the end of the draft, and he's got a, he's a, comes in as a high-floor run defender with some ball rush. Um, he's been improved year on year at Texas since his freshman to his senior year. Bit of a tweener um, on the on the defensive line, but you know he's got excellent arm strength and some big arms as well. And a thirty-three-inch vertical jump, so he can he can get off the ground as well for a big fella, um, and gets off the blocks quickly, sort of like not like a, a Jordan Davis light. Would that be a correct sort of assessment? Would you say?
2: Jordan Davis light, um, very light. <laughs> <laughs> no, being at two hundred and eighty-one pounds, I'm not sure what Jordan Davis weighs, but it's it's, it's definitely in the three hundred range for a for a monster his size um but you know there's a lot to like about Moro. um i mocked him quite consistently during you know the sort of last yeah, me too. last few mock drafts that, that i had done um and it was way before it wasn't in the seventh round let me tell you i wasn't mocking him in the seventh round i was mocking him and in, in probably yeah the fourth or third or something fourth, like okay. that yeah. after, after picking up some some extra draft capital but you know how he somehow manages. It. Like I just like the whole Peter Schreger thing. You said like other GMs are are, are really angry that how, how good of a job how he's done on this draft or like how much praise he's getting from around the league. The guy deserves it. The guy has smashed this draft out the park, and all of those other GMs are to blame. Like I don't I don't even yeah, think it's
0: that. Nick. I don't. I don't even think it. It's so much of that I don't know what other GMs can possibly be upset about because it's not like he's. He's like defied the cap and signed an unbelievable amount of high-level players, like say the Rams did the year they won the Super Bowl. And people are like, how has this guy done? How have they done it? It's. case He's picked up Jama because he fell to the seventh. At any point, there's what you know. I think it was around, like you said, the end of the end of the end of the fourth round. Um, most of the time he's getting marked, you know, there's a good hundred, hundred and fifty picks between now and then. And you're telling me there wasn't a GM out there that went, I should take a Gimo, but why is he falling? Second guess themselves. and don't know. It's like, don't give Howie credit, criticize your GM. Why was he not brave enough to take him? What has he seen? That like, don't get, don't come out in the media and say, Howie Rosen gets too much credit. It's like, well, if you're not getting enough credit, he's gonna get the credit because he's making the moves that you should be making. So, yeah. Although Howie's had a great draft, you know, you can't be upset if someone
2: it's just jealousy. It's just you can't be upset if someone's <laughs> upset if you're trying to achieve it yourself it's like they, they allowed them to make these picks that's, that's mm-hmm. it, like collectively they allowed them to make these picks, so it's on them it's not on Howie, Howie's doing the smart thing, um, in my eyes at, at least and, and we'll see how these guys go on I mean, you, it's not often you get excited by someone you draft in the seventh round, it just really isn't I, even the last couple of drafts, some of the guys drafted towards the back end, you'd be like mm, okay, we'll see how they go on, you know there's nothing to be really mm-hmm. excited about but I, I really, actually really like Morojo and guy, We spoke about Tara McKay and I'm not exactly thrilled with that one, but um, there's a lot of upside with this guy and even looking at the PFF grades, he was 90.6 overall. Anything above 90 is gravy. Um, 91.4 in run defense, 84.1 in pass rush. Uh, this guy will have a role on our defensive line, especially like I said before as we like to rotate out defensive tackles, defensive ends. It's like you also said, um, felt that he's like a bit of a tweener size, so he could maybe he, like the way we saw Milton Williams when he was first drafted, like an athletic guy that can play inside, and he can possibly play some snaps outside, or if we're like in a in a, in a like a five man front sort of situation, and you you know you've got um Jordan Davis in the zero, and you you know you can maybe play um more old, like maybe in in in, in a four eye or something like that, but it's it's it's. We've got so many options now with these guys because they're all different sizes, shapes, and um, I think it's an exciting time for both lines and and how he has preached that. He doesn't even make it a secret either that he says, like, I'm going to build on both sides of the line, and he's done it again this draft. He's taken defensive tackle, defensive end. He's taken offensive tackle, and he's taken another interior defensive tackle. That's four four picks out out of the, what? How many did we make? Seven?
0: Uh, seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Um, it's it's specifically has to be noted that a lot of the times when teams are going into draft, depending on what the team situation is, you're either going into build depth, players for the future, or impact players now. Um, and it doesn't feel like any one of the picks that we've made fits. Like all the picks don't fit one of those narratives. It's not like he's picked just to build depth. He's picked impact players. He's picked depth. He's picked players for the future, but players for the future that are ready to go in now. And with the way that the Eagles rotate the defensive line, these guys will get meaningful snaps this season and we need them to. But also they're players that we're confident can handle that. They're not projects. They're not someone's going to have to sit behind um, Hargrave or, or Sweat or anyone like that. Um, because we've got these class players, they're not going to get in the team. And we did that. I know Hargrove's not here, but generally, um, you know, he's not going to sit behind the players, the, good, the class players from last season. They're the players that are going to be rotating in because that was how all the defence had the most success was fitness, availability, and just general skill. And like four players getting double digit sacks. Um, that happens with the rotate, everyone playing their part. There's not just that one guy um, coming in. So I think that's one thing that I've got out of the draft overall. Um, and I think that's why I feel so confident. And now I started thinking ahead. I was like, we are still, we still got to be the best team in the NFC. Um, Easily. And last season, when people were talking about us Super Bowl cool, contenders, I still didn't feel like, even though I felt that we were the best team in the NFC, I still didn't feel like the Super Bowl was guaranteed. I feel not like it's guaranteed at all, but I feel like more confident that the Eagles are going to return to at least the championship game this season because on paper they've got the success of last season, the experience, and they've just built on it with these players and it's just hard to see the Eagles having that step back. But we're gonna finish off the draft picks now. Um do you wanna do you wanna give a grade? And we can get Liam to sort of do it later maybe or shall we save it for
2: another time? Um ah, let's save it. We'll we'll save, save it, it. We'll, save, we'll save it for Liam. Sure. Um for the sake of dear leader. Okay, so just,
0: <laughs> if you say so, um, so we'll quickly touch on the undrafted free agents because again, it's a bit of a flurry activity. There's a lot of players. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, you can pick a couple of players out. Mick, that you, you've done any particular research in, but I'll just quickly list them off, and then we can sort of pick up on on the ones that we like the most and, and what we like most about them. So, we picked up uh, Jaden Hazelwood um, from Arkansas, wide receiver. Um, 6'2", £250 physical cat pass catcher, he transferred from Oklahoma in 22, um, 59 receptions, 702 yards, three touchdowns in 22. So nothing nothing stellar there. And we also picked up another wide receiver, this time from Clemson in Joseph Magata, um, 6'3", £220, former five-star recruit, didn't quite meet his potential in college, um, great hands and ball skills, uh, a yak monster, um, put 100 yards on on UGA. Um, this is the one that probably I think you will be touching on when we when, we, when I give you the option. Eli Ricks, cornerback from Alabama. A lot of people had him definitely getting drafted. So to pick him up as a UDFA is fantastic. 6'2", £188, transferred from LSU, DBU as we know. Um, high football IQ, versatile, can play in man and zone. Uh, was projected as a first-round pick not only a year ago. Um... And you've put in the notes, watch the tape. So I have a feeling you're going to be uh, drawing over this player in a second. Um, We picked up another cornerback, cornerback, uh, Mekhi Garner, another cornerback um, from LSU this time. So from DBU, 6'2", £212, 50-year senior transfer from Louisiana Lafayette, um, high football IQ and a physical press corner. And we did pick up a tight end from Colorado, Brady Russell. Um, 6'3", 250 pounds, 42 career games, 32 starts, uh, team captain, a leader, which I do like the way you put that because that is also another thing that we haven't really touched on in the players that they pick up is it's the character and the leaders that we've got in the dressing room. Um, So you never know, could make it onto the team. And we picked up a punter, Kicker Mick, from Kansas State. We, We did what? We picked up a punter... Slash kicker because he can do both. (laughs) Applause for (laughs) the man of all trades, Ty Zedner from Kansas State. Six-two, two hundred pounds means nothing for a punter kicker. Um, uh, Ray Guy Award semi you're gonna have to tell me what the Guy award is mix i have no idea oh they like have they
2: have they have awards for all sorts of positions in college football so like there's um the Ray Guy award for you know uh, and there's, ugh, there's like the Chuck in fact Chuck Bednarik the the famous eagle center um linebacker and the the linebacker award is named after Chuck um, they have all sorts of awards, pretty much every position that is on the field has an award and it's named after, you know, like a Hall of Famer type cool type player.
0: Ah, well, there you go. So he was a semi finalist for that award last season, so that'll say something. A twenty twenty two All Big Twelve second team player selection, forty one career games of forty three point three seven yards per punt average. Um Ben Ben Van Sumeren linebacker from Michigan State was probably the only player that I've actually managed to get around to watching a take for so far and did he start off as a fullback or something like that he did. yes.
2: because
0: I was watching the take and I was like has Mick put up the wrong YouTube thing <laughs> <laughs> I was like looking for this defensive player to make his play and realise there's this fullback breaching through and then obviously it switches to it. and I was like so I had to do a bit of dick <laughs> so, I was like, so that's an interesting turn of events Converted um, fullback go um, turn linebacker from Michigan State, 6'3, um, 235 pounds, transferred for, from Michigan to Michigan State, um, 81 tackles, three tackles for last, two pass breakups, and two sacks in 2020. So, pretty good good stats for a converted uh, linebacker, um, but apparently needs a lot of coaching than the stats would suggest. So, is he in the right place, Mick? I know I said I would touch on it at the end, but I'm just curious about this player. <laughs>
2: About Ben, um, <clears throat> he's he's quite an interesting prospect because, like you said, the stats sort of jump out at you, and you're like, "Why did this guy slip into UDFA? Because it, it looks like he was quite a, quite handy in the middle of the field, um, you know, making a, a really big contribution for for the Spartans during that season, um." I also thought it was really interesting being a transfer from Michigan to Michigan State. That's that's a rivalry and it's that's something that often happens. That's like can you imagine like a someone mm. from Rangers to Celtic or um Man United to Liverpool or something like that? It's
0: not it's not heard yeah. very often. But, um You have to be sure of what you're doing when you're gonna do that. <laughs> Especially changing positions as well. I don't know if he changed positions. I'm assuming was it on the transfer or was it did he transfer to linebacker, then go across, or did he drill across, then
2: go to linebacker, do you know? i uh, I think he was. Um. I think he changed the linebacker before he transferred to MSU. I think he was. He transferred to the linebacker during his time at, at Michigan. So to me, that anyway, that to me that suggests that he's
0: he, he never gives up. He's obviously wasn't doing wasn't getting what he needed as a fullback. Transferred the position, still wasn't getting what he needed. It happens it all on the time and it Yeah. So I'm. I'm fair enough. Um. The last undrafted free agent I'm going to quickly cover before I let you pick your favorite. Trevor Reed, another offensive tackle out of Lovell. Six foot five, three hundred and seven pounds, uh good fit good foot quickness, gets to the second level consistently, and athletic on screen plays. Um don't know anything about that guy, so I'm not gonna speak for anything other than the fact that we've got Jeff Stoutland, so I'm sure he's going to be a, a project. He's going to be a, of a value of a third or fourth round offensive tackle just by default already. <laughs> he's totally going to be well. all, all pro, all all pro, pro. <laughs> So out of those undrafted free agents, we're we'll quickly touching it before we finish out the pod. Um, who stands out to you, Ricks? Is it, will, it, will it be Ricks, you reckon.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, unsurprisingly, um, it's got to be uh, I. um during during the draft when we had to trade it up. Um, we had our pick to get Tanner McKee but we, Howie had also traded up at that point as well during the draft a couple of picks later um, and we thought, oh, who's he, who's he, who's he looking to take here and we had a few names that were sort of being thrown about, or who we were looking at still on the board, Ojo, O'Jomo was one of them, um, Ricks was another uh, i try to think who else was on the board was, uh, Trey Palmer, who I quite liked, one of the wide receivers, I think Keishon Booty was still on the board at that time as well Um. Well, whatever happened during the draft how he decided that it either his player wasn't there anymore or he could get more value by trading that pick um for a future pick he somehow ended up trading two seventh round picks for a future fourth was it or for mm, fu- future fifth? fifth? Some, something crazy like this like how is he doing this anyway i'm um, getting a bit, little bit off topic but essentially as i wanted them to take rick's in the draft because i think he's such a great player and such a great prospect and you're right i did i wrote in, in capitals on the pod notes watch the tape we put out um a tweet on the at british eagles account on twitter um just listening to udfas and i put a little youtube highlight clip on each one of them as well as you know some high level crates of each and You'll be blown away what you see with Eli Ricks because he is that guy. He ha- he has had some unfortunate injuries. Um transferring from LSU is what he played with uh, Derek Stingley. There was there was high talk. Derek Stingley, I think, went third overall, I think, in that draft. Um, and there was talk about Eli Ricks being even better. Um, but for whatever reason it just hasn't translated. Uh he got out of LS, LA- <clears throat> he got out of LSU. Um, transferred to Alabama didn't quite hit the mark um, again a lot, a lot of injuries and, and, and things like that but um, if you just watch this guy you can see that he's a ball player, that this guy has it in him and the 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 mere fact that he has now gone uh, undrafted I think that puts a chip on his shoulder as well and he'll be looking to impress uh Eagles minicamp this this coming weekend as it is. Um <clears throat> as we said in the notes, he's he's versatile, he can play man, he can zone, he's physical, he can he's 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 long, uh he's six to 108, 108 pounds. He's 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 a perfect um prototype for for what we're looking for at cornerback and if he can sit for maybe even a year or something behind slay behind bradbury like you said with kelly ringo if you can sit and learn off of those two guys um we could have um an outside corner for the next five ten years or something like that if 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 that's the way the cards fall and at the cheapest price possible is a udfa for, for goodness sake so um it's absolute absolutely st- costing nothing really to get a player of that quality. Like, yeah, you
0: know, you're absolutely right. And I, there's not really another player on the on the board that I feel that same way. I think, like I said, he's just an unbelievable talent, especially for. And there's not there's no clear reason why he fell that much. Maybe it'll come out later down the line. But even so, even if there's an there is a strong issue with him, he's an undrafted free agent, so it's going to cost us nothing just to just to try him out and see what happens. So it's a fantastic um fantastic pickup so that's that's the undrafted free agents there's a few that are coming into the mini camp that I've seen today but I haven't got the information to hand but there's be obviously be a, a smorgasbord of people hoping to get picked <laughs> up or, <laughs> get picked up off the off the the discard pile
2: or the the unwanted, yeah. lost and found from the NFL. I must admit, I didn't, I didn't bother to include some of the just the invitees, the guys that we didn't sign. You know, if we sign much, them, it's they're pretty much just walk-ons them. at this point. So we'll, we'll find yeah. out. There'll be beat reporters at the at the, the mini camp practice this coming weekend, and we'll maybe get a feel for these guys. But um, Eli Rex is definitely the the top of the crop for UDFA's. Uh, I think they paid a lot of money to Ngata as well, so maybe that's one to watch on watch for in minicamp to make the roster um but also did really like trevor reed if you if you get some time to watch some of these guys on youtube watch trevor reed as well i think he could you could be um a good pickup for us and like you said certainly yeah. anything's possible
0: yeah i think actually now you now you mentioned it i think he was the player that i picked most often with the one of the two seventh round picks that we had in a lot of my mock us because it was just there as an offensive tackle. And I was like, yeah, go on, just check him on. Um, and we obviously picked him up as a, a UDFA. So I will be intrigued, actually, to, to see how he gets on. Right. I think that's all the draft pretty much um, covered. So we'll start to wrap up the pod now, guys. Um, thanks for sticking with us this far. If you've got any other... Um, the pod will be coming out, obviously, on Twitter and everything. If you've got any... Any additions, any comments, any thoughts on the draft from that we haven't covered? Then feel free to get stick comments on this start a conversation, and we can we can argue and defend our points if you disagree with them. Um, so, <laughs> what I'll do now is just quickly cover the um, fact that fantasy football for you all those interested in playing this year is going to be getting set. up very soon um we won't be drafting obviously until close to the season but we know how you guys like getting into your leagues chatting around discussing all the eagles draft and, and starting getting prepared for competing for what will be some fantastic prizes that we we will hopefully get from the eagles and i'm sure there'll be other prizes announced in due course so um, keep an eye out for that there won't be a newsletter coming out this, this month because um there's a lot to process, and I think it'll be more valuable to do it in a month's time. So if you are looking for the newsletter, unfortunately, there won't be one this month, but we'll be making sure one comes out in June. Um, also, probably actually tonight, Mick, is that the schedule releases now, but a week and a half away, I think, is the, well, not even that, I think, is it the 8th of Ooh, May? Ooh, is,
2: uh, is it the 11th? I've had the 11th. 11th. in my head. For I, had, I
0: had the 8th or 11th, so you're probably right, it's probably the 11th, so but a shoot a, a, short few days away and you know what that means mick we'll be finding out exactly who our opponent will be when we travel over with all our friends and members of the british and irish eagles to go and enjoy all the fruits that that philadelphia has to has to offer us and we'll meet all the do all the fantastic additional things that we've got lined up for people when they get over there but we will mm-hmm. lock in who will be playing and we can start to really feel Starts to really feel real then that, 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 that,
2: that the trip is happening. You get any, you, you know, fingers crossed. I hope it's this team or hope it's that Miami. Team Miami. It's my, I think yeah, I think Miami is supposed to be at home. Um, I
0: think that's been turned around because I know a few Dolphins fans who <laughs> may or may not be interested in tagging <laughs> along for a bit of a a wild weekend of a bit of bit of banter and stuff like that I'm not sure they'll get the same treatment as the rest of us but you know I think Miami would be a good one Um, just because it's sort of they're, they're on the up and coming as well they've made some really good signings. I think it'll be a really good game but um more importantly what it does mean is that for those that are thinking about signing up things people that have signed up people that have paid their deposits two weeks after the schedule release once the game is announced and the date is finalized you'll then have two weeks to reclaim back your deposit if you can then unfortunately not make it. So if you're not fancying the game or the, it falls on the wrong day or something just doesn't feel right, you will only have two weeks before you will lose your deposit. But I'm sure none of you are even dreaming of doing that. And I think we're looking like we're going to have some some really good numbers for that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the final number's going And I'm sure um, it'll be a really good time. So that's just one more thing to note. I think that's all I had to finish off with parish notices, mix. Is there anything else that you want to
2: bring up before we close? Um. Kind of, um, Maybe just a congratulations to the winners of our draft ah, competition. Ah, yes. Yeah, no, um, take away, Mick. And it was a really hard fought competition, so everyone did really, really well, except um, me and Liam. We did. Pretty poorly, Phil. Out of the out of the three of us, I can confirm that Phil <laughs> did did the did the best in the draft competition. So you'll be happy to hear that, and you can lord it over us for the next couple of weeks, um, if you would like. to It's, it's a shame we didn't smile decide on it. Face, man if, if you're just listening to this on audio, you should see the smile on this guy's face as I said that. It was like a Cheshire <laughs> cat. To be honest, I completely forgot. I did. I did remember looking when we were when we were calculating up the scores and
0: just quickly saying "Oh, I was expecting." You know, looking at the bottom for my name, I was like, "Where am I?" And I kept going up and saw your name or liam's and whichever order it came in, whoever came bottom it's like oh did i beat them <laughs> I'm like, that's great but you forgot to rub it in I, well i didn't get a chance to we've been a pretty uh, short notice yeah, short notice to come it's, on it's the been... pod and but i will i will we'll order over you it's just a shame we didn't come up with a um a a forfeit. prize or a forfeit for you guys but i'll just i'll, <laughs> I'll, you, yeah. I'll, I'll just accept being a um being the superior draft expert for the pod for the next twelve oh, months, course. and we do our next, yeah. and I'll be yeah. telling you how bad your your decisions were when you were doing
2: your mock drafts. Come this time next year, yes, but, yes, you can, you can be, you can be the ruler of. Of us all. But yeah, I'll just extend another congratulations to Dan Webster who took the overall winner. He he received the Eagles Cap and a bottle of Loch Lomond. Calm Callahan will get a bottle of Loch Lomond and so will Mike Douglas. And very, 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 very much thanks to Loch Lomond Whiskies for sponsoring this podcast and giving us some whiskey to give away to our, our fabulous members who i also very much enjoyed the whole draft process with Um, talking to them every day about prospects about mock drafts even on draft night talk um, you know talk about every pick as it came in um ha- we even jumped on zoom at one point to to watch the 30th overall pick coming in together and it was it was just such, such a, a great community time for us all to be together and if you're not part of the British Eagles, sign up because it's, it's just it's so great to have that community spirit and all of it and just enjoy it
0: with all of us there. I believe even the three of us jumped on to do a short 15 minute podcast um, in the midst of round one, about 3-4 o'clock in the morning, all heavily inebriated on one particular variety of Loch Lymond <laughs> Yeah for whichever we chose, I think I was on the Marin. No, I was on the Marin, switched to the Moen, my favourite, to, uh, to bring in our pick and wasn't disappointed debating on who we'd take i think i was heavily convinced that somehow they were going to take a wide receiver with pick bay don't know where that came from but i found <laughs> convinced myself that we were going to take a wide receiver i'm grateful that we didn't but i would not i would have been excited if we had because i think there were some good ones to be got but Nolan smith can't complain of that um so yeah we did a 15 minute podcast if you haven't checked that out and you do want a quick 15 minute laugh we do suggest you go and check that one out watch I a couple of days much- I don't think even I've um, listened to it back yet. I think I need to. Um, uh-huh. just, for some, just for some shits and giggles at last. <laughs> the <for> three <laughs> drunken idiots trying to debate what was going to happen. But um, I think that's about it. Then, they could, like I said, like uh, echo what Mick said, congratulations to the winners. Great draft competition. And thanks so much for Lock Loman for, for, for offering up those prizes. Um, quite jealous because it's one of the ones I haven't had yet. So I may have to pick a bottle of myself, although I've managed to pick up a bottle of the, uh, the blended, peated, uh just as you might get yourself on that one. Um and I will wrap up the pod there. Thanks ever so much for sticking with us and the transition from our esteemed host Liam and his cool, calm charisma and ability to just run through and my stumbling through awkward Britishness. Um thanks for sticking by with us and I hope you enjoyed the Paul, like I said, leave us any comments, give us any suggestions, and uh, go birds. See you guys soon. Go birds.